0: Disclaimer,
1: this podcast is not suitable for children. We do curse and talk about very adult topics.
0: We also talk about darker topics with a sense of humor, but are by no means making light of those who experience any sort of trauma and have no intention of offending.
1: All sources for research will be in the podcast episode description, wherever you may be listening. Thanks for your time. And the dog hair is free. Wow.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. 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 I'm so impressed by your song, Taylor. Thank you, yeah, that was cool. Wow yeah wow wow <laughs> wow no, that was a good one, yep, yeah, it, that was cool.
0: it um, yeah, it's fun. I had fun with um the panning
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I figured out how to I'm slowly figuring out Ableton after having it for like f- five, years. six plus years at this point and then finally digging into it, so I' had no. fun putting things in different ears and
1: it was panic. cool yeah like i could see what you were saying like when you gave me like a little sneak peek not really a sneak peek but you were like it's kind of like corn and i very much like freak on a leash uh-huh. like something is part of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's the yeah.
0: it's the chorus on the yeah guitar. yeah yeah that little ding ding
1: yeah no, I like it. But then it had like the interesting little like drum mm-hmm. which kind of took me back to like cuz this is this is all like in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um which I realized that like Civil War stuff happened like much earlier than that, but like I still kind of get that weird like Civil War like drummer boy Mm-hmm. From the drums. Mm-hmm. So it's, it like still did kind of fit into the timeline for me in a way, mm-hmm. in like a very abstract kind of way. So, no, oh yeah, yes. good. it's a good, good little ditty right there.
0: Oh, ditty. <laughs> what a, what a darling ditty.
1: Yeah. Um, anyways, hopefully this is being released on the week of Halloween. So happy Halloween.
0: It should be. Yes.
1: Um, do you believe in ghosts?
0: <laughs> Do I? Yeah. Um. In a sense, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. I don't know, cause you say ghosts, and everybody immediately goes to like full body apparition, lady in a white dress.
1: Have you ever seen a ghost?
0: Spoopies. Um. Have I? No, not in. Per- I've had weird experiences, mm-hmm. but. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one that I told you about not too long ago Mm -hmm. Um, maybe
1: we can tell it at some point
0: yeah throughout the episode yeah we'll see we'll get there we'll
1: get there yeah um do i believe in ghosts i've i've never had like an in-person experience i've had dreams Mm -hmm. i've had pretty creepy dreams Mm -hmm. and i've been in creepy places but have i had a ghost encounter i don't think so not that i know of Mm -hmm. do i believe in ghosts i think there's like something happening Mm -hmm. um there's something going on on there (laughs) um but i love hearing the stories
0: (laughs) regardless regardless of, of if i believe in ghost stories it's a fun i love hearing the stories yeah they're fun they're fun romps
1: um i have no intention of seeing a ghost though
0: yeah no no you're not like actively Seeking no. the experience
1: yeah if i had a friend that was like do you want to go on a ghost hunt i'd be like absolutely not nope. but you can tell me what happened <laughs> right
0: yeah no i'm not i'm not exactly out there uh digging holes looking for buried ghost treasure either Yeah. so yeah
1: well anyways um because i do like listening to ghost stories i have come across many a podcast and show that talks about like the history of ghosts and ghost hunting and and all of that. Mm -hmm. And in listening to one of the podcasts, I heard about this author, Catherine Crow, and -hmm. her book, the night side of nature.
0: Would you you like to credit the podcast?
1: Um, shoot. No, I don't remember (laughs) who it was. (laughs) Oh, don't do this to me. I
0: listen listen to so many and they're all wonderful.
1: Um, You know, I, I have no idea because sometimes I'll just like flip through mm-hmm. and I'll listen to a few and then I'll, I will kind of like shuffle around
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, a lot of the times like in newer podcasts or like older podcasts and we're not excluded from that, but like the sound quality can just be so bad sometimes and you're like, oh, I really want to listen, but holy shit. I can't get past like the crazy like sound difference between the two people. Like it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. So, not to discredit anybody, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I found the book. I got the book, The Night Side of Nature by Catherine Crow, and I wanted to do a book report about it. Mm-hmm. So before um, I get into the book report and all of that, I do want to just say that my sources were mostly this book. Um, and then for a little bit of the history behind it, I found stuff on Wikipedia and then an article from history at Northampton.com, article titled The Sad Story of a Victorian Ghost Seer, written by, they didn't, okay, so there was no name, <laughs> it was just like a pen name or like a, like a avatar name, mm-hmm. um, many snow with an E, balls with an E S.
0: Many snowballs.
1: So M-E-N-Y-S-N-O-E-W-B-A-L-L-E-S.
0: Mini snowballs. Mini
1: bellies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, and it was written in 2019. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the book report, I do want to do a little bit of history on Catherine Crowe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Catherine Ann Stevens was born in Kent, England, September 20th, 1803. Uh, I don't know if that makes her. Does that make her a Libra? What's the one before Libra? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I don't know. I've uh, got the Virgo. I got the thing behind me. Maybe I, she's a I Virgo. I think they're in order.
1: I should have looked that up before doing this.
0: Oh, this always happens. You all you spend <laughs> x amount of time doing research, and then you sit down in the chair, and you're like. Uh, uh I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one.
1: Twenty Get it? Together. Astrological sign. Yeah, Virgo. Cool. So she's a Virgo. Mm-hmm. does that me? Um I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's, that? What's that? Uh mean? uh uh Virgos have a lot about like obtaining perfection. Mm-hmm um so obtaining perfection and hmm. that's that's it that's all virgos will ever be That's, it. that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. she was educated at home and spent most of her childhood in kent um, she married a army officer major john crow and had a son john william crow in 1823 unfortunately the marriage was an unhappy one and she sought help from sydney smith a writer and his family in bristol i don't know what Sydney was going to do But she sought help, and from this moment on, I'm just going to call her Catherine. Mm -hmm. Some undocumented time goes by, and she and her now ex-husband are separated in 1838, hence why I'm just going to continue calling her Catherine. Mm -hmm. She had connected with very successful writers of the time, and all encouraged her to write. Mm -hmm. Um, Between the late 1830s and 1850s, she would write plays and novels, um, common themes of her writings included horror and crime writing, like like uh, fiction stories, mm-hmm. and would focus on the way Victorian women were treated and inspired by events from her life.
0: I could see that. Go through a, a rough marriage, go through yeah. a divorce and write about it. Anyway. Yeah, she
1: was very much like like pro feminism. So a lot of a lot of stories about women, about older women, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, giving a lot of visibility to like that demographic. Mm. She also wrote children's books, and in one case, she would write, she would work Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cabin into her writing to mm. publicize the injustice of slavery and racism. Mm. So just like all around, like, yeah, bringing visibility to women, bringing visibility to older women in media, bringing visibility to the injustice of slavery and racism so
0: good for you katherine
1: yeah yeah i mean i felt kind of bad because reading this book like wow mm-hmm. this book is a lot mm-hmm. and i was like girl <laughs> you calm down but then i like did the research on her history and i was like oh mm-hmm. i feel kind of bad now
0: because just because the content material was a lot to take in
1: we'll get into it yeah we'll get into it like and I'm going to say a little disclaimer here in a minute after I finish my history on Miss mm. Catherine. So, well, look, before I get ahead of myself. <laughs> so, in another one of her books, she would include one of the first female-led amateur detective stories where the murder is solved by an elderly female housekeeper turned sleuth. Mm.
0: Nancy Drew, uh, pre-Nancy Drew.
1: I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you say i don't know sure. nancy i've read somewhere that Catherine may have also coined the phrase circumstantial evidence hmm. um but i only sound found that in the article and there were like no references to that mm-hmm. so like a fun fact if it's true but
0: a fun a fun theory
1: yeah it's also one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the justice system probably had that down. But, like, whatever you say, girl. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I mean, it was early enough. 1800s. So, yeah. I mean, who knows?
1: I don't know. The University of Kent Special Collections houses the Catherine Crow Archive, a large research collection compiled by Jeffrey Larkin. But it's spelled like Joffrey. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I know. I know a couple <laughs> yeah. of Joffreys.
1: Yeah, but Jeffrey. Yeah.
0: Geoffs. Jeffs. G-offs, Jeffs. Yeah.
1: Jeffs
0: and Geoffs. <laughs> <sighs> I was talking to a Geoff the other day.
1: Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. She also had an interest in the paranormal and would write the book that we are talking about today. Hmm. Um, so, this book is a very influential book guiding and inspiring the parapsychologist, artists, and writers, and would even be reprinted as recently as 2000. Unfortunately, her involvement with the paranormal would affect her reputation when in 1854 she was discovered naked in Edinburgh, 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 Edinburgh? Edinburgh? Mm-hmm. at night, mm-hmm. convinced that the spirits had made her invisible.
0: Um, okay, Catherine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Catherine. The situation was seen as a severe mental illness episode and she was said to recover. Um, maybe not as much, not as much as one would like as she was publicly ridiculed and humiliated after the event. And, and then she just kind of faded into obscurity. I mean, I
0: could, I could see that though. Cause like a lot of the, um, a lot of the people that do like true crime podcast, like you'll see them go really hard on episode after episode after episode and like great content. Even people that have like YouTube channels for true crime stuff, and then they'll go on like a really long hiatus for a while while they're either doing research or some people come back there and they'll go, "Yeah, uh, I just needed to take a mental health break because it was starting to really like affect oh, my psyche." I see what you're saying. And everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not so far a stretch to to see like all of the research and stuff that she was doing mm-hmm. and all of the like
1: hearing all the spooky stories and talking to all the spooky people
0: right i mean yeah. i play a video game for too long and my dreams start to become like yeah like a weird um unity like after effects quality yeah <laughs> type of thing
1: no i watch one ghost show and it's immediately like all of the spirits are in my house yep
0: <laughs> and, we, and we sleep with all the lights on yep. for a while
1: yeah um, so but, I mean, it, it's a real shame, though, that this person who is so, like, passionate and focused on producing work that inspired, like, empathy and inclusivity and is just, like, you know, she has this one incident mm-hmm. that is pretty rough. But it's, like, you know, nobody lent a hand to be, like, let's get you better. Like, I mean, she did, like, quote, unquote, recover. Mm-hmm but it just sucks that like she was ridiculed in that way because she was doing so much work to like better culture. Mhm. So, Catherine would pass away at the age of 72, June 14th, 1876 in Kent. But in the other article, it said at the age of 82 in 1872. Mm-hmm. Which didn't make much sense. Mhm. The math just isn't right. Like, why would she be older, but the year lesser?
0: No, typo.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, the closer one was... I don't remember which the closer one was. Maybe mm. 82. <laughs> Anyways. So, now let's get on to the book. Mm. The Night Side of Nature is one of the largest collections of ghost stories and sightings and psychic phenomenon to be published in English. It is, it is a systematic attempt to investigate the paranormal. Um, this book helped popularize Poltergeist and Doppelganger, hmm. which we'll talk about that later, mm-hmm. like what those mean. Gotcha. Um, and I found out that this book was a response and defense um, of her stance on paranormal studies after a previous book that she wrote, The CRS, um, that received scathing reviews. So, like this book was her doubling down some quick like little notes before we move on. Um, I just want to give you guys a visual of what this book is like. um It is about the size of a piece of printer paper, so like eight and a half by eleven um it goes it's about a little bit less than an inch in depth um, The font size, I would say is maybe like a a little bit over a 12 maybe um but there are no pages no no numbers on the pages there are pages it's a book um but there are no numbers on the pages and there is no table of contents so i'm going to be referencing some stories and some points in this book but i can't actually reference them in these notes because i don't have pages to reference mm-hmm. like i don't have numbers of pages <laughs> to reference good um I did try to find an audio book of this, but it this book is written in, like, 18... Oh, shoot. Do I really not have the year that this book was written?
0: Is it in the book?
1: 1884, I believe. Uh, 34, maybe? No, it it's not even in the book. There's no copyright. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Cold open.
0: And where did you get this book? From, like...
1: I've a troll
0: it. or a gremlin under a bridge I've, somewhere? Maybe.
1: I mean, there's that water damage. Is
0: that why it's water damage?
1: <laughs> I I think I got it from Amazon. Bitch, did I really not write down when this book was written? I, I, I had it in here. I swear to Christ. Like, what the... 1847. There it is. Mm-hmm. It was just at the very top. <laughs> okay. I did find a YouTube channel uh, that had volunteers or something reading the chapters um but their quality was all over the map from person to person and i just couldn't do it so it was either like read the book and struggle or listen to the audio and struggle so i just figured i can at least read and Mm -hmm. move through it faster i'll give you guys an example here in a minute but there's just the longest like just such long-winded sentences in this book it it just is like mind-boggling where she's just not saying anything Mm -hmm. Like, it's literally just word soup. Like, I just don't understand. But I'm also going to, like, try to talk about this understanding that this was written in the 1800s and that things were extremely different. Information was distributed very differently. A lot of people weren't literate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I guess I wouldn't be either if I had to read that. Mm -hmm. But still, like, wow. Um, I'm also not trying to attack Catherine, um, on her intelligence, I respect the work it took to be a published woman at the time and to to be considered one of the first women ghost hunters. Um, but I'm also going to allow myself an opinion um, over some of the crazy shit she says. <laughs> mm-hmm. Finally, we will start talking about the book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Chapter one is the introduction. This is the most long-winded chapter. Mm-hmm basically it starts off catherine says nobody knows shit about science they don't love science the british especially don't love science but you know who does love science the germans Mm -hmm. she loves the germans she also says things along the lines of this shit could be real and anyone who says otherwise is just not a good scientist there are people sometimes who eat moly bread or suffer from disease and they see weird shit. But, like, sometimes there are people who are totally fine and still see weird shit. It's like, okay. Okay. Um, this, is,
0: this is all being paraphrased. Yes.
1: This is all very, like, I'm taking her words because we would all forget what we were talking about.
0: And modernizing.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. She also makes a note to say that, like, like my opinion isn't right, but I'm just saying, like, give me a second. Mm-hmm. She's like, wait, just listen to me. (laughs) Um, I'm going to, and she also says, I'm going to source a lot of German doctors that I agree with, but I'll make sure to say when I'm saying their quote, because it'd be embarrassing if I didn't. But then sometimes later on, she'll reference a story in something, and then she'll be like, I don't have the book in front of me, and I don't like know the author's name, so like whatever. (laughs) It's like, girl, Mm -hmm. please.
0: (laughs) Well, the with with a book with no pages (laughs) can you expect any less
1: um anyways it it is there's so much more in there it's just like it's just so hard to read Mm -hmm. so hard to read like can i just really quick can i just find a sentence to say like i'm just going to flip open i'm just going to get to the okay here to minds which can admit nothing but what can be explained and demonstrated an investigation of this sort must appear perfectly idle. For while, on the one hand, the most acute intellect or the most powerful logic can throw a little light on the subject, it is, at the same time, though I have confident hope, that this will not always be the cause, equally irreductible within the present bounds of science. Meanwhile, si- experience, observation, and intuition must be our principle, if not our only guides.
0: She's got a couple comma splices in there.
1: Like, <laughs> what
0: <laughs> run-ons run-on sentences
1: what the fuck did she just say yeah i don't know what what was any of too, that
0: too much she said too much
1: that's the first sentence in a paragraph that covers a whole page Get a, there's no breaks in it
0: she needs a like a stinger sentence it where you break it up and you're like you you say one long-winded thing and then you you put like i don't know tear Terrence had a wonderful day because he ran around the block to the grocery store in order to pick up uh, potato chips. They were Doritos. It's It's, like, you need need a short sentence.
1: So, the whole book is like this. Mm -hmm. The whole entire book. She tries to explain the most existential shit like that. And it is like my brain. You know in like Clue, like the Clue movie with Tim... Uh, oh, shit, what's his name? Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. And she goes, flames, flames mm-hmm. on the, on my head. Like, it's uh-huh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, okay, all right.
0: Slow down. Slow down.
1: Um, so uh, chapter two, Dweller in the Temple. Um, this chapter t- begins with the hypos- hypothesis that the body is the temple to the soul and uses an interesting tree metaphor to how the spirit is connected to bodies. Hmm. All right.
0: I do like trees. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> you won't. You might want to rethink that.
1: So she uses a German uh, person, dude, doctor, I don't know, uh, spiritualist. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the metaphor is like leaves and flowers and fruit bloom, grow, wither, and die from the tree. Mm-hmm. They act as temporary developments that leave behind principles of reproduction. So they relate this to our bodies being temporary to our souls, yet our souls still contain the information needed to exist again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not trying to have the God conversation here. I'm just saying that this is what Catherine's saying.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a uh, the, like with uh, energy being renewed and it's 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 borderline a little bit like reincarnation not not in the literal sense of it but the like recycled energy yeah nothing's nothing's destroyed nothing is created it's all just kind of recycled and
1: and that's that's kind of what she's she's trying to like set the stage Mm -hmm. on why we would experience something supernatural or spiritual yeah um by establishing a spirit within us that can tap into that um but our body struggles to. Yeah. So, like, a break between the material world and the spiritual world.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a somewhat common, commonplace belief. I mean, she may have explained it in a really unnecessarily complicated like, way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the the uh, seeds of principle are there.
1: Ugh.
0: You see what I did there? Shh.
1: <laughs> um. So here's a compelling argument. Mm-hmm. That I'm paraphrasing all of this is paraphrased. there's no fucking way.
0: Mm-hmm. there's no
1: fucking way that I'm gonna repeat a lot of this shit. Um, but a compelling argument she makes dreams are fucking weird and give us sensory experiences outside of our body, which could be the spirit experimenting experiment experiencing paranormal phenomenon, like the apparition of a deceased person or prophetic visions, which is her segueing into the next couple of chapters, which Chapters three to six,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all about dreams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and straight up, if there's anything more exhausting than listening to somebody talk about their dreams, it's reading somebody's third-person hand account of dreams from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. I did not read these chapters.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I fully skipped them. I was like, fuck okay. that. Like, Good. Good. I was just like, nah, like, I did not do that. Um, But it's all basically just uh, trying to understand what dreams could be. And it's just like a collection of dream stories uh, where the person either got a warning, visited by a deceased person, dreamt within a dream, trances, and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm not, no, no, I'm not doing it. (laughs) So now we're going to go to chapter seven, which now we're getting into like the spookies. Mm -hmm. Um, what I gather from chapter seven on wraiths is that uh, a wraith is when a person is seen apart from where their physical body is, but then later discovered to have passed either in the moment before or after they were seen. Um, this is different from ghosts, I think she's trying to say, but I, I'm not sure Mm -hmm. why. Well, I think ghosts is just like the blanket term. For a lot of things. And then like wraiths is like a subcategory of said ghosts.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. So what I got from that, and maybe I'm just repeating verbatim, but just to clarify, wraiths are, wraiths are specific to the place, generally speaking, that they passed away at. So if you see a wraith, that that's an indication. See something, if you see something that is clearly defined as a wraith, it is a, uh conclusion that that person that ex person passed away either very soon after or very soon before where you're seeing that apparition
1: possibly um because a lot of the stories in the chapter like they'll see the person and they'll be like oh hey there's billy joe but then they'll like go to look for him and they're like where's billy joe and then you like go check in and you realize that the time that you saw him in that moment he was actually at home dying. Mm. so it's seeing the wraith in a totally different location than where the physical body is. Oh I think there are moments too, where it's like you can see the wraith in the moment in the place that they passed. Mm-hmm. but I think that might actually fall more under a doppelganger because the pu- the physical body is present while the wraith is walking
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like I think a wraith specifically is about like the timing. Like the body is still in a phys- in like mm-hmm. in our time. Yeah, like this isn't like a like a real old ghost coming to light. Right. Yeah, like this is like somebody's alive, they're passing, and then like their ghost is seen somewhere else. And then they're like, well, I just saw Billy Bob. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, he's been home. Like, he's been sick.
0: That's weird. Yeah. What do you think Zach Bagans would have to say about wraiths? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Bagans? Bagans?
1: So I'm going to read you a story to kind of help, like, give you a better understanding of wraiths. Mm. Um, Please. A lot of the stories. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I don't
1: understand. Um, a lot of the stories, the names are crossed out. Mm. So, like, we'll just get, like, Lady M like we don't get anything more than that Mm -hmm. um i guess for the privacy of the people of the time but i'm like what am i gonna (laughs) or
0: at the time i mean i guess
1: um charlie what are you doing dude she doesn't know can you sit down good girl okay ready lord and lady m were residing in their estate in ireland Lord M had gone out shooting in the morning and was not expected to return till towards dinner time. In the course of the afternoon, Lady M and a friend were walking on the terrace that forms a, primate, a promenade in front of the castle when she said, oh, there is M returning. Whereupon she called to him to join them. He, however, took no notice, but walked on before them till they saw him enter the house, whither they followed him. But he was not to be found, and before they had recovered their surprise at his sudden disappearance, he was brought home dead, having been killed by his own gun. It is a curious fact in this case that while the ladies were walking behind the figure on the terrace, Lady M called the attention of her companion to the shooting jacket, observing that it was a convenient one, and that she had the credit of having contrived it for him herself. (sighs)
0: He had me up until the very end of it.
1: I don't understand
0: what the shooting jacket is.
1: So it, it, that, that's what I'm saying. It's this 1800s, like, we say in what we're saying, but we're not. Yeah. Um. Basically, she, like, saw it, and she was like, do you like that jacket? I got him that jacket. Isn't that a nice jacket? Mm-hmm. So they're saying, like, it had to have been him because she noticed that jacket. Mm-hmm. So he was out shooting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Homegirl and her friend are like, woo join it like on the promenade mm-hmm. and so then they see him walking up to the house mm-hmm. and so she calls out to him and he's like hey honey turn around say hi to the girls and he doesn't say anything to her to them mm-hmm. he just goes into the house right and so while she's walking up she's like to her friend like did you see that jacket isn't that a nice jacket i got him that jacket and the friend is like okay cool and so then they get into the house but they don't find him Mm-hmm. He's not in the house. Right. So they're like, where the fuck did he go? Right. So then they come back outside and then they find, they, they see people bringing him to the house dead because he was shot by his own gun while in the forest hunting. Right. So they saw his wraith. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. So his wraith was walking into the house when she like called out to him and he didn't respond. So his body, his physical body was somewhere else, but then his wraith was at the house.
0: Mm -hmm. And do wraiths, you may have already said it, wraiths occur at the time of death or close to the time of death?
1: She. It's weird because further on in the book, Catherine says another thing, but in this instance, in this chapter, she says that that you could see the wraith of a person right before they die or right after they die.
0: Right, so around the time of death.
1: But then later in the chapter, she says, right after. But that doesn't match up to some of the stories that she's telling in this chapter. Because another big one that that has multiple stories is that it's like, there's a mother on her deathbed. And the mother's like, i got to see my kids one last time. And they're like, "Um, your kids are like in fucking Italy or something. And you're in like Great Britain. So like, how are you going to get there? And she was like, give me a second.
0: (laughs) i'm gonna wraith it up
1: yeah and then she just kind of like eh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then her kids are like at home like cooking dinner or something i don't know and so then they like see the mom and mom comes in she's like i'm dead and they're like oh, okay <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the wraith goes by back away and then the mother like who is presumed dead like opens her eyes back up and she's like bitch i lived <laughs> Make any sense. And then she's like, I just saw my kids. And everybody's like, No, you've been here the whole time, honey. And she's mm-hmm. like, No, I saw my kids. And I die. <laughs> and then she and dies. Die.
0: And now I die a second time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then, you know, a letter is sent to the family and they're like, Yeah, your mom just passed away. Sorry. And impossible. The kids,
0: she just materialized in my kitchen before. Yeah. Yeah. And the kids
1: are like, We literally just saw her.
0: Uh-huh.
1: We just saw her. Like, what? What are you talking about? So, yeah, it's those moments hmm. where she has instances where it's been like right before actual death hmm. where the wraith makes its appearance.
0: That's, that's, that's yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, wraiths don't make any sense. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more.
1: Well, I have a little bit. I have a couple more wraith stories. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, like some of them are um, where the seer sees the wraith, but doesn't know that the person passed on. Mm-hmm. But then there are other instances where the seer sees the wraith and knows that the person has passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have another story for you. This one little spooky,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a little bit more spooky. Ben Johnson told Drummond of Hawthornden. Hawthornden. I don't. None of that matters. But. That being at Sir Robert Cotton's house in the country with old Camden, he saw in a vision his eldest son when a child at London appeared to him with a bloody cross on his forehead at which amazed he prayed to God and in the morning mentioned the circumstance to Mr. Camden who persuaded him. It was a fantasy. In the meantime came letters announcing that the boy had died of the plague.
0: Uh
1: The custom, of indicating an infected house by a red cross is here suggested. The cross apparently symbolizing the manner of death.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So Ben Johnson was visited by his eldest son with a red cross on his forehead Mm -hmm. and was like, oh shit, I better start praying. (laughs) Right. But but in in that story she's just trying to illustrate that like when the wraith is seen we understand that the wraith is gone by visual cues Mm
0: -hmm. the
1: visual cue in this sense is that during that time if a house was infested with plague they would put a red cross on top of the door to let passerby's know not to go into that fucking house Mm because there was the plague Mm -hmm. so yeah if you saw a ghost with a red cross on his forehead you'd be like plague (laughs) Right. I better stop praying. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, that's a little spooky. A child, yeah, with a red cross on its forehead. Yeah, no, you're, absolutely not.
0: You're you're notably more spooked at this than I. am. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, I'd be freaked the fuck
0: out. I'm just, you're you're telling the story, and I'm sitting across from you, like, uh huh.
1: You have a child. Yeah. You have a boy. Uh huh. And that boy, okay, who is not supposed to be near you at that time. Okay. He is states away. Yeah. Shows up at the foot of your bed staring at you uh-huh. with a red cross on his forehead. And I'm not thinking about like, I'm thinking about like a painted, like a finger painted cross. Uh-huh. Like dripping down like blood. Uh-huh. That doesn't freak you out. Sup, <laughs> I'd be like, go back to your room. No. That doesn't exist. No, it would. <laughs> I, would
0: I would be sufficiently I startled. I would
1: piss myself. Yeah. I would disassociate yeah. into a different person. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: I would become a wraith
1: (laughs) my hair would go white
0: my wraith self would be somewhere different
1: (laughs) also could you imagine like the plague Mm -hmm. you got this boy sitting in front of you with the plague cross on his forehead and you're like oh my god like you got the plague in front of me (laughs) yeah get out of my house
0: it's scary on multiple levels
1: yes that story freaks me out it's so simple and basic but that of all of them that I tell, that's the one that I'm like absolutely not. That would freak me out.
0: My, um, I'm so. I feel like I'm so desensitized to to uh, stories and stuff like that. Like I don't know. I don't. How? I'm Why? Not, I'm not going to treat all of the the listeners to like an overreaction of 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 scary things. I don't know because like video games and watching mm. other people people play scary video games and that
1: i subject you to
0: and ghost stories <laughs> and we watch ghost stories and ghost hunters and zach baggins
1: ba- Bagan.
0: <laughs> so i don't know just i i feel like my brain's been inundated with ghost things over the Spooky. past couple of years so Spooky stuff yeah it's just like ah, okay
1: um, just to finish out rates, mm-hmm. um, the idea is that the person, well, here's a, a finishing story, um, to start this one, it, there, there's another idea that the person who is passing is visiting the place or person that they're thinking about in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, like, what, I think what maybe you were thinking about earlier is that maybe this is, like, a ghost that's in the place that they, like, experience their death. hmm but in this case, there are sometimes wraiths seen in places that, that they are thinking about or near somebody that they want to be near or that are thinking about in their last moments. Right,
0: in the, during the time of death. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, so let's it's, do...
0: It's kind of like one of those, um, a, uh, a rectangle could be a square, but a square is never going to be a rectangle kind of situations
1: a little bit yeah yeah anyways this story's funny
0: anyway shut up <laughs> <laughs>
1: um a very frightful instance of this kind of phenomenon is related by dr h werner of baron emilius von o good job his whole name is spelled out except for that last o name mm-hmm. like we weren't gonna figure out who it was this young man had been sent to prosecute his prosecute his studies in Paris, but forming some bad connections, he became dissipated and neglected them. His father's counsels were unheeded and his letters remained unanswered. One day, the young baron was sitting alone on a seat in the Bois de Boulogne, Boulogne Boys day baloney.
0: <laughs> in the baloney that boy is sitting in the baloney
1: <laughs> and had fallen somewhat into a reverie when on raising his eyes he saw his father's form before him. Believing it to be a mere spectral illusion, he struck at it he struck at the shadow with his writing whip, upon which it disappeared. The next day brought him the next day brought him a letter urging his return home instantly. If he wished to see his parent alive, he went but found the old man had already was already in his grave. The person who had been about him said that he had been quite conscious and had a great longing to see his son. He had indeed exhibited one symptom of delirium, which was that after expressing this desire, he had suddenly exclaimed, my God, he's striking at me with his riding whip and immediately expired.
0: okay that's interesting i have so many questions my god my son he's striking me the
1: boy in the baloney
0: all i wanted was to see him my god
1: he's striking me yeah why do you have a riding whip near your bed like what's going on brother
0: (laughs) we all sleep with our our weapon of choice
1: um yeah and this this dude is like debauchery i guess He's supposed to be a fucking lawyer or something in Paris. And he's Deba- just like debauching yeah. all around the boy a baloney. Stop it.
0: <laughs> stop, stop what you're doing.
1: And then he like sees the ghost of his dad and he's like, be gone. Ho. Like, mm-hmm. With a riding whip. And it's it, like, why do you have a writing whip next to your bed? And why are you hitting your dad with it? Like. What's yeah. going on, dude?
0: I don't know. It reminds me of, um, it reminds me of a a video that I saw. I don't want to say TikTok, but it was definitely a TikTok of uh, a girl hiding behind a shower curtain trying to scare her boyfriend mm-hmm. who walks in the bathroom and he's like about to use the bathroom and I guess hears something behind the shower curtain, <laughs> so he <laughs> punches oh, no. the shower curtain and all you hear is her behind the curtain going. <laughs>
1: Oh my he, God! He flings
0: it open. She's like holding her face, and he's like, "Oh my God, honey, what were you doing in there?" <laughs> he was like, "You know, I punch at ghosts." <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "I wanted to scare you." <laughs> <laughs> and he's just laughing. That see, but I would feel terrible. <laughs> no, she
1: she deserved that.
0: Well, do you think this this? Debauching young man's father deserved to be struck with a riding whip. Okay. Which sounds like inevitably sent him to his grave.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This man killed his father's ghost.
0: So, and which killed him in the real world.
1: Yes. (laughs) If you die in the game, you die. (laughs) You die for
0: real. (laughs) That's exactly what this
1: is.
0: (laughs) And the father, like, dissipates. with like a ghostly like i just wanted <laughs> to play a game with
1: you oh my god oh my god he wakes up and he's like game over <laughs> game over man game over okay oh jesus all right i got to <sighs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> i've got to collect myself after that wait. wait oh my god
0: i wanted to be player 1 <laughs> yeah.
1: oh my god he's striking me with the riding whip Mm -hmm. he dies think of the the man's friend in that instance like he's sitting there i guess he doesn't have a wife Mm. but the like friend is like sitting there like bro you good and he like (gasps) like comes out of (laughs) it it's my boy hitting me with a whip and he's like (laughs) all right (laughs) why are you thinking about that he's not my friend Okay, shut up. We got to get into chapter eight. Doppelgangers. Um, A doppelganger or a double, as the book put it, is the version of a person who is not yet dead. Or I'm sorry. Let me start over. A doppelganger or a double is a vision of a person who is not yet dead, but not where their physical body is. Mm -hmm. Um, So the double could be of someone about to pass but it could also be somebody having an extreme emotional reaction and appearing before the person they are thinking of or are close to. Mm. Um, These cases are of others seeing a person's double while they are physically somewhere else, but when the person sees their double, it can be an omen of tragedy or death. Mm. Um, So let me read you another story.
0: Mm. Tales from the Water Damaged
1: Book. Beaker, professor of mathematics at Rostock, having fallen into argument with some friends regarding a disputed point of theology, on going to his library to fetch a book, which he wished to refer to, saw himself sitting at the table in the seat he usually occupied. He approached the figure, which appeared to be reading, and looking over its shoulder, he observed that the book open...
0: Was upside down.
1: (laughs) He observed that the book open before it was a Bible and that which one of the fingers of the right hand is pointed at to the passage. Make ready thy house for thou must die. Hmm. He returned to the company and relayed what he had seen. And in spite of all of their arguments to the contrary, remained fully persuaded that his death was at hand. He took leave of his friends and expired the following day at six o'clock in the evening. He had already attained a considerable age. So, like, All right. super chill, walks into a room, sees himself sitting on a chair, goes, hey, bro, what are you watching? What are you eating? And the ghost, like, I just, like, that doesn't say this, but I just imagine it, like, looks up, like, black eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like, super creepy black eyes, eyes, head turns around 180 degrees, and he, like, is, like, oh, hey, cool, like, looks over at the book, mm-hmm. and his fingers just pointing at, make ready thy house, for thou must die. And the dude's just like, all right, bro, cool. And just like walks out of the room. (laughs) All right. Sees his friends. And he's like, hey, you wouldn't believe what I just saw. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) And the friends are like, I think you're going to die. And he's like, no. (laughs) Never. Never ever. And then he dies. (laughs) Goodness. So here's another story. Mm hmm. Here's another story I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. A very interesting case of an apparent friendly intervention occurred to the celebrated Dr. A.T. of Edinburgh. He was sitting up late one night reading in his study when he heard a foot in the passage. And knowing the family were or ought to be all in bed, he rose and looked out to ascertain who it was. But seeing nobody, he sat down again. Presently, the sound returned and he was sure that there was somebody though he could not see them. The foot, however, evidently ascended the stairs, and he followed it till it led him to the nursery door, which he opened and found the furniture was on fire. And thus, but for his kind office of his good angel, his children would have been burned in their beds.
0: Thank God for foot the angel.
1: Thank God for the angel.
0: For foot the angel. Yeah. I know what they mean.
1: Yeah, that whole whole, last sentence was like, I don't know.
0: I know what they mean with the whole foot thing, but every time you said foot, it's like, okay, he hears footsteps. Yes. But the way that it reads is like, I'm just imagining a disembodied foot.
1: Literally, this is like the whole hopping. book. It's like, like, he heard footsteps.
0: Like thing from the Adams Family. <laughs> but it's a foot. <laughs> that's but that's
1: like, it's like, I, we get it. He heard footsteps. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. Stop it. <laughs> right. Um. So, yeah, some of these stories are just the person really wishing that there was somebody... Uh wait. do let that thought get away from you. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, in that one, like it, it that wasn't one that like led to his death immediately.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was just like it was almost like a warning. A
0: not exactly a premonition, but yeah, just uh, mm-hmm. hey, I want to check on your
1: uh, your kid's bedroom. I
0: want to check on your nursery. You're not making <laughs> uh, not not smoking ribs or anything. Not yet. At least. <laughs>
1: Well, wouldn't you think that you'd smell that? But whatever. You'd think.
0: I don't know. People being woken up from, like, deep states of sleep, smell, and hear. But and...
1: he heard footsteps first.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um, and then to finish off this chapter, some of the stories are just the person really wishing that they were somewhere else and somehow projecting themselves to that location mm-hmm. where the witness is. Um. So, yeah, that's Chapter 8, Doppelgangers.
0: Cool. How much more you got?
1: We got quite a lot <laughs> to, okay. to go here. Um, but I don't think I'm reading any more from the book. Okay. So we can...
0: I'm not, I'm not trying to rush you at all. I'm just legitimately asking.
1: No, we're on Chapter 9, and there's 18 chapters. All right. And I'm about to tell a story at some point that's fairly long.
0: Halfway. Because we are we are encroaching upon the sixty minute mark.
1: Do we wanna break it in half here?
0: If we're if we're about halfway through, if you're about halfway through material, we could probably break this up into two episodes.
1: Okay, let's break it in half. Okay. Yeah. I'm good. And then next in part two we're gonna finish out. In part two, I've got a really long cool story to tell.
0: Do you wanna give us a a prelude to the, the sections coming up?
1: Um We have chapter 9 is apparitions. Chapter 10, the future that awaits. Power of will. Troubled spirits. Haunted houses. Poltergeist. And the story that I'm going to tell is a poltergeist story.
0: Goodness, you have so many things. This might be three parts.
1: It just might. Jesus. This is... Lo- this is- Jesus. Yeah, I did a lot. So, anyways, yep. See the rest of this. Hear the listen. Wow. Listen to the rest of this do in part two. Want,
0: do you want to try that? <laughs> stroking out. Here's a, Sorry, my, I
1: think I'm having a heart attack. My
0: chest hurts. <laughs> <laughs> hear the. Have you ever wanted to? Could you? Would you think that maybe you would? You could? All right. That's it? Yep. All right. Part two coming up.
1: Yep. Thanks for your time.
0: Happy happy Wallabween. Wow, Taylor. The dog hair is free. Congrats on making it to the end of the episode. Why don't you give us a follow wherever you're listening and maybe even leave a review. Put in a good word with the algorithm, you know?
1: For picture references and other general content related to the pod, you can follow our social accounts at the dog hair Is Free on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube.
0: Subscribe to get notifications when we post new episodes, but otherwise we're targeting releases every other week, so hopefully more frequently in the future. And again, thanks for your time.
1: The Dog Hair is free.